0: the impact of commercial arrangements on the on those events is as big if not bigger than tap contracts in in the pub down the road.
1: And welcome to episode 448 of Bruise News Week. My name is Matt Kirkegaard, editor of Bruise News. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Ian Watson. This episode is recorded on Thursday, the 14th of December, 2023. Now, this is going to be our last episode of the year. We were hoping to have Sabrina. She's been in New Zealand and returned with COVID. I've been laid absolutely flat by uh, stomach virus. Ian, you're okay? I'm okay. You, you, you're, you're fit, okay, so we need someone to write uh, the ship. So unfortunately for uh, the, the last episode of the year, we are going out with something of a whimper and not a bang. Um, So we do apologize for that. And there's not even a lot of news. So it's just going to be Ian and I having a bit of a chat about the year that was. Um, But I I guess something else that's going out with, I guess, a whimper and not a bang is Good Beer Week, um, which announced this week um, that it's going to take a breather. Um, and reading from the media release. Although we know some uh, will be sad to hear this news, today we're announcing that Good Beer Week is taking a breather in 2024. The break is essential for Good Beer Week, a long-standing highlight for Melbourne and Victoria since 2011 to step back, contemplate and pave the way to deliver the ultimate beer experience in future years. Our partners Pint of Origin and Gabs are still charging full speed ahead, so keep an eye out on socials for more information. I'd been hearing for a while... Uh, or, or not hearing too much about the planning for uh, good beer week. And uh, we, we've had a number of discussions over the last couple of years about whether beer weeks are still relevant. Um, Ian, uh, you know, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm pretty surprised by this, Matt. A bit disappointed, okay. But uh, I, I am surprised um, and not fully sure of the reasoning for it, um, in difficult times, promotion of industry uh, is surely what what is needed, and showcasing it. Um, however, you know, as we've discussed before, as you, as you said, um, beer weeks themselves have become difficult and may need uh, a little bit of rethinking into how they can better engage not just in the circle of those of us. are already converted, not preaching to the choir but in bringing new people across to beer and showing that we're a wonderful beverage and and we're the the beverage for mature adults that love a diversity of flavour but it is disappointing and let's see what happens to it uh, for maybe 2025 Um, there is still events going on at that period there with uh, Pint of Origin and um, Gabs uh, as well as the the IRBA but um, a good beer week.
1: Yeah. Just on the point, I, I don't think where you say that, you know, now more than ever we need to be championing beer um, in the marketplace. I don't think the decision has anything to do with um, taking away from that. You know, I, I think anyone involved in Good Beer Week, because I mean, the, the IBA acquired Good Beer Week, uh, you know around the time that they became the IBA. And they did because I believe that, you know, Good Beer Week had largely been not quite volunteer, but it was very much not for profit. And I think it was not only not for profit, but not making profit um, because for all of the love um, that people had for the week and, you know, as much as people like going uh, to events Um, You constantly heard from, uh, you know, breweries about the cost of being involved. And then if they partner up with a venue, um, you know, venues had to pay a fee and they, you know, not all venues, obviously, but a lot of the the venues that thought, oh, I want to be on this uh, good beer week caper, um, you know, they paid and I don't know how much it was, let's say $500, to to list their event in the Good Beer Week program. And they just expected a full house delivered to them without them doing anything. And, you know, it, it it's always that tension between... The organisers need to cover the costs in any event. I mean, the amount of hidden labour and organisation and cost in any kind of event like that is just monumental. And then when businesses that are involved only look at their one little event and look at how much, how many people get delivered to them and, you know, then they complain about, I've got to give two tickets to media, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. They are incredibly complicated to put on, and um, you know, I, 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 I think the IBA has a charter to you know support beer, but they've also got a, a very full uh, you know lobbying um, and advocacy calendar, and. Putting on something like uh, the Brucon, um, which we've had this year, and the Indies is a massive time sink. That then to to, to run a full program for good be a week on top of that. When they don't get revenue from it, um, is is just yeah. Like I, I, I don't think there can be any criticism of the IBA for not running it um, because any effort that they spent wasn't going to make more resources for them. It was just going to be a time sink for them. And it was a time sink at a time that they need all hands just doing what they do in a really, really difficult time for for, for craft brewers. Um, So, yeah, it's like, it's a huge loss. Um, But I think, you know, I, I, yeah, I I just don't think it was something that they have the resources to do and no one wants to pay um, to have it done, which is, a very very common problem. Everyone wants things, but no one wants to pay for things because they don't value them with with dollars.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I understand those those points there. I, about as a whole, I still don't fully understand the the reasoning to it. But you're right in in what you're saying. And yeah, if the IBA is stretched on that resource, there there is possibly is other better things. However, you know, it, it is a disappointment to see it go. And I do think. Like I've said before, many of these beer weeks can be uh, rethought out, and yes, people often don't see the value in what they're paying for to be uh, part of it because it does cost money. There is administration of run events, certainly nothing like this size, and certainly nothing in in recent years either. And, and there is a lot of a lot of hidden cost um, in it. Uh, however, it would have been nice maybe if there was a reduced like a heavily reduced schedule, but still um, a variety of of um, or a couple of events across the, the week there as part of that build-up to it. Um, however, that itself possibly also gets difficult as well because people might get their nose out of joint that it's not their event or that it's not in their venue, that things are, th- things are happening. But um, a, a week of celebrating um, the best of beer um, is, is something that is, is not great to, to, to lose.
1: I've got no doubt that there will be events going ahead. I mean, Pine of Origin, um, and I mean, if you look at the program last year, I, you know, probably half the events seemed to be Pine of Origin. It was the one standard, um, you know, on, on the program. Um, and I don't know what the commercial arrangements are there, but it was Good Beer Week and Pine of Origin were almost synonymous. And then you had uh, Gabs. Um, but I mean, don't forget that Good Beer Week came out of the void um that was created when you had everyone in town for the AIBAs so you know the, the AIBAs have been going for you know 18 19 years beforehand but it was mainly the two big brewers and then we just had started to see the craft brewing um business gain momentum and you know in those days I, I got back then I was editing beer and brewer magazine and uh you know, the, the publisher of that put on a couple of events um, on succeeding years trying to capitalize with people being in. But, you know, he, he tried to make money um, on them, um, which you, you need to because it was a business. And I don't think they ever delivered. They never had the full support. Um, I think people got burned so didn't come back. And so after two or three years, it petered out. And he tried a couple of different models. And it was really into the vacuum created by that event falling over, but with so many people in town and such unmet need for events to celebrate craft beer. Um, But as a week, and it was brilliant, because it was so organic and it was so fueled by there was a need for the event. And there was such interest in it. it 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 really had that organic explosive growth, but it still needed to be managed and run, and you know have those sorts of things uh, you know behind it, um, which it eventually got and more and more professionally. But at the same time, that also happened in a time when you can walk into any bar these days, and you know a lot of good restaurants and have a reasonable selection of craft beer um you know certainly a, a much better selection than there was when good beer week started and i don't think the event ever out ever evolved beyond that hey isn't craft beer exciting we need to do tap takeovers and things like that and got, you know you don't need a good beer week to have tap takeovers when you've got 15 venues in a city that are regularly doing tap takeovers that are partnered with breweries. And I just felt that the week became very crowded um, with events that weren't particularly beer focused as such, you know, like (laughs) there, there were some great events, there were some very fun events, like you had wrestling, you had all of these fun events that were designed to catch attention. But like a lot of things, I don't know that they necessarily advanced the cause of beer um they were just great entertainment and again could be a week i don't know that it really advanced you know it really evolved with the way that the market changed once there was a much greater supply of beer um 365 days
0: yeah that's actually a really good point matt uh and that's an effect that we've seen on on beer festivals um uh, uh 25 years ago you know if there was a beer festival on, I, I, there is no way in the world I wasn't there. But 25 years ago, yep. um, <laughs> I couldn't get much variety of beer. So events like the National Festival of Beers um, back yep. then was a big deal. You know, in the end, the National Festival of Beers was was every bit as gab, big as Gabs is um, now. Uh, in That's box. the Brisbane
1: one or That's the
0: one? The, Bri- the Brisbane one, yeah.
1: Because there was one at the Australian Hotel that was huge for a while as well, you know.
0: Oh, it, it was nothing in comparison to the National Festival of of beers. Um, but like they had that at the showgrounds. So I remember um, one of the organisers coming up to me uh, on the Saturday night of the the final one, and at that moment in time, they had in it was done into two sections. So there was uh, the section where there was all the stalls, and you go and get samples of. Of of beer and so forth, and there were stages and talking about beer, etc., etc. Then there was another big uh, hall, which is essentially like a giant beer bar, which you just wanted to go in and just drink different beer and talk with your mates and so forth. You could, and they had the grand finals on the the big screen. You could do that, and in the next door section, at that moment in time, there was five thousand people in the tasting section. Uh, there probably would have been another two thousand people, and that was just on site at that moment. Let alone uh, what had been there. During that day, or had been there in the uh, the day beforehand, the previous session um, as well. But you had to go because that was the only way that you could taste beer from all these other breweries. And now, now I, I can get all those beers everywhere. So my my attendance at a beer festival is a lot less likely because of because of that. And they're the same as I can go into. Um, so many bars around here, and I can get a good beer, which is exactly what we wanted. It's it's growing, and yeah, in a city like Melbourne, it's it's hard not to be able to find a a proper beer uh, somewhere. So yeah, that that's had an effect on it. And yes, some of the events had become wonderful entertainment events, but really that had beer as a sideline and really not um, not beer as a um, as a as a focus.
1: Hmm. And yeah, w- w- which is great. I mean, it, embedding beer in everyday events is 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 great, and particularly fun events. But yeah, um, it wasn't really living out the, the charter. Um, and I, I've just called up the original story that we wrote. So 9th of November, twenty eighteen, um, was when the IBA announced the merger with uh, Melbourne's Could Be a Week, um, because I remember. Uh, and, and again I, I wasn't involved in any of the negotiations but I remember at the very very early days of the Craft Beer Industry Association um, you know, which is now 11 years ago that they 12 years ago they first started talking about it and it, it formalized 11 years ago um, but that association took as its model the Brewers Association in America which had the Great American Beer Festival and the Craft Brewers Conference as its two major money spinners. And the Great American Beer Festival was massive. Like I, I went there for the first time in 2009, uh, just before we had a craft beer association here. And the crowds and the energy and the buzz, like you had you know, 60,000 people in town for this event and people coming from overseas, and it was an institution. But th- those numbers, again, uh, I-, I was speaking on John Hull's, um podcast uh, last night. Um, he does an end of year rap, and we had Melissa Cole from England and a couple of uh, American beer writers. Um, they were at uh, the Great American Beer Festival and it was just had very low energy um, this year. the The numbers were down by a significant number. Um, the you know the- they've had to broaden. Their charter, so they had international beers for the first time this year. They had, you know, non uh, beer products for the first time. Um, When, you know, 15 years ago when I first went, they were arguing whether the big brewers should be there representing, you know, whether Bud Light should be there. And now they're quite happily letting in because the market has changed so drastically. So even for the Brewers Association and that model, I, I think even by the time that the IBA took on, uh, and it was you know several boards ago, and you know several um, whole you know the, the whole business has, has changed, so it's a very different time then. But that model of running major festivals like this as a significant income stream, um, I don't think would ever have applied uh, in Australia the way it did in the US because. When you look at the history of the Great American Beer Festival, it was literally, you know, setting up a couple of card tables. Um, and over, you know, the 25 years or so of the, of, of the event, it just grew into this huge money spinner that provided huge resources. Um, I, I learned overnight that uh, the um, Great British Beer Festival um, is, isn't going ahead uh, this next year either. Um, yeah,
0: I was sorry. about to, to mention that one, man It's coincidentally that the Great British Beer Festival, which is I don't know when they started, but it was at least back in the 1970s um, when it first started. But it's because their venue has now become unavailable for next year, and there's just such a massive event that finding another venue, suitable yep. venue in that time, is 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 not possible, or, or they don't feel, the camera don't feel they can do it. Um, which is is it's sad not to have, um, not to have that. A
1: very London Olympia could not offer us. Yeah, they couldn't get. Yeah, but, um,
0: uh, which you know, which might not be on as many people's radar as like the Great American Beer Festival, um, etc. But this is probably the most important beer festival um, ever. Is the Great British Beer Festival? Without the Great British Beer Festival. We wouldn't have given the, insp- the... The inspiration possibly might not have come to Ken Grossman or... Because or, it was organised or, by or camera. Uh, that's right. Um And uh, camera started, I think, in about 1972 um, or thereabouts. Uh, and the Great British Beer Festival was going within a few years, I think, of then. It was certainly, uh, I've got in my mind 1978 um, results from, from that. But anyway... um but it, it, it was such an inspiration for the American brewers that have provided such inspiration for so many others uh, over more recent recent years. Very important, you know, uh, uh, event. It's had some changes over the last few years too, which is good. Um, uh, they had to. Um, as mm. much as I am a, a supporter of, of um, Real Ale, of um, Cask Beer, um, Camera had, and the concept of Camera, Camera had, become a little bit caught in its own ways um, and hadn't embraced that um, real beer and good beer could come in some other forms. But I believe that over the last few years, there has been some changes uh, in that way with with uh, with the Great British Beer Festival um, anyway. So that's very, very, very sad to, to, to hear.
1: Assuming that beer festivals haven't evolved to keep pace with what consumers want. But, you know, we've seen gin festivals. I've seen, you know, there, there's been pine, um, Pinot Palooza, you know, for people who love, you know, different uh, types of wine. There have been a whole lot of um, festivals come up. What do you think the future of a beer festival should be? And it'll be interesting to see Gabs, you know, how, how Gabs goes uh, in 2024.
0: My thoughts, and then I heard someone else say this within the last year um, as as well, which galvanised my thoughts, is that it's micro festivals um, around specific um, things rather than big general festivals. So, you know, look, look an obvious one is um, like Juicy Fest here in Brisbane, a little beer festival. Where, uh, mm-hmm. Hazy IPAs aren't my thing, but I, I went there. It wasn't just Hazy IPAs, lucky for me. Um, and it was a really well-run um, event or uh, felons up here did Lagerpalooza. Um, they were struck a little bit by um, what might have been. It, like, it was a tough
1: weekend for yeah, them to be doing have that. It might like
0: good good timing, but it actually probably wasn't. Um, be doing it on those grand final weekends, but it was a really cool event. It was just all 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 lagers. Um, some interesting food options there. I was actually very impressed by that and. and um, the nature of the event actually reminded me a bit more of uh, beer festivals for quite some time ago, but I think focused ones uh, around that um, yeah micro let's call them micro festivals uh, yep. are probably the way to go rather than try to get every beer in the country all on one side and then um, try to think what can we do entertainment wise and events end up becoming um music festivals just happen to have um some beer at it uh, which don't get me wrong I love music too so I like those two things together but I think having focus once and that's where we can really put attention onto the beer itself um, and it's in a way uh, a little bit of an education because you imagine if someone you you had a good friend that was into beer let's say that's you and um, but let's not be you for the moment let's be your mate that you've invited to come along to I'm going to use Lagapalooza as an example to, to come along to Lagerpalooza. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's a beer festival. It's all lagers. Oh, okay. What is a lager? And that's that point. Or it's, okay, this is just an IPA festival. Um, oh, yeah. Well, what actually is an IPA? Okay. Well, this is all it's about. It's not trying to explain 57 things to them all at once. And you're at this stand and, you know, people's eyes are glazing over as I explain the coriander and, and, um, orange zest from Curacao Oranges that are in this white ale, and then the next person saying, well, this beer has been aged in Jim Beam barrels, and this is what it does, and then the next person saying, well, we've used a new experimental hop variety in this IPA. It can just be focusing around that, so you can have better education, um, same as pinapulusa is just Beano's. Um, I think having focused um, focused events um, is and micro festivals is the, the future of the festival, because to drag me along to a beer festival when I can get all those beers um, in in my local bottle shop is not mm. quite of interest to me. And even on a focus one, yes, you might not be able to, but you, you might be able to, sorry. But just the fact that there is that focus, there is more of a chance of reflection and education and comparison of um, uh, apples together rather than apples and oranges.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just. I almost start thinking that because a beer, you know, beer is in decline. It's just such a strong decline that getting beer in amongst other things. Like I I even think a great food festival that has a good selection of beers. I went to a concert at um, River Stage last weekend, and you know they had the the Bolter. Chavez, uh, they had great northern mid strength. And you're thinking, God, if, if you could just get good beer on, you know, admittedly it's mid strength, you have to have mid strength, but if you can just, you know, get good beer on at events that people are going to and expose people to a wider range of things there, rather than a beer festival, just get good beer embedded in. Um, everyday activities um, like concerts and food festivals and things like that it makes such a difference but again because these things are so commercial they come down to sponsor arrangements.
0: Yeah I was just about to say that Matt because I I, I, th- I think that's great like having uh, more more better beer available at bigger food events and festivals or even uh, at wine events etc etc but um, poss. The impact of commercial arrangements on the on those events is as big, if not bigger, than tap contracts in um, mm. in, in the pub down the road. Uh, they that's are, how they, they, That's how these events take fighter. place.
1: Yeah, and 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 I used to get. I mean, I I, <laughs> I got myself disinvited from presenting to a number of food festivals because I would write about you know you've got food festivals that have a marketing blurb that say one thing, and yet they just lock in, you know, they're talking about discover the world of food and wine and beer. And then they just sort of send, sell the porridge rights to one major uh, you know, international lager um, and want to do a beer and food matching. And it's just pointless. Um, I mean, it's it's great that beer is there in some level, but that's the commercial reality of it. And I'd better, again, if we're going to invest money in events, um, why not invest money in in those sorts of commercial arrangements and and and, and get a wider variety of beer on get people you know let people experience beer and it you know like you, you wouldn't put a double IPA on at a music festival for example but you can certainly get a great craft lager on you know or you can sort of get a nice mid-strength uh, pale ale um, something that's well made and independent um, but. Then, then again, God, I don't think they even had wine uh, when I saw it. It was all fruited celses and things like that. So, um, beer was doing a little bit better.
0: I do find it funny at those events that um, where you're, you're mentioning about having to have mid-strength, um, that the beer has to be mid-strength, but the wine is full-strength. Um there well, is- funny, it suddenly
1: <laughs> occurred to me that maybe that was why there wasn't any wine um and because everything was around about the 5% so it was a there, bit more there is of a some measured-
0: of, of mid-strength wines um coming now, uh, which I tried one or two of and surprised me um but I went to a music festival at a, I'm not going to name the venue actually um or actually I'm not even going to name the region because it would be too too easy to go. <laughs> it was um essentially just wine there and i I, um this is a long time ago and i went up to um the beer was only mid-strength the wine was full strength i went up to get a glass of two glasses of wine one for me one for my my wife um and that was going to be it for her for the day that was her sole glass of wine for um the week uh, because she was pregnant at the time and uh I was going to be driving she didn't know that roads in that area and they would only sell me a full bottle of wine. And I said, okay, well, how is this responsible service of alcohol when you are making me buy 750 ml of an 11.5% drink when the beer you serve has to be 3.5%? They went, well, that's the way it is. And I said, well, I'm in the liquor industry too. This is not responsible service of alcohol. And long story short, they... Um, they backed down on me and, and gave me a, uh, two free glasses of wine because they they realised that yes it, they'd probably get in trouble if they if it was yeah if it was found out that that's what they're doing. But how ridiculous is that? I can buy only a mid strength beer, but I have to buy a full bottle of full strength wine.
1: Liquor licensing laws are ridiculous most of the time, just because you know they they just are. Like, um, but the perception that beer has always faced as opposed to wine. It's one of the reasons why I always keep coming back to talking about beer and the way that we talk about beer and the way that we project beer has a huge impact. And it was dealing with liquor licensing officers 15, 20 years ago when I was trying to get beer at events. And there was just a perception that beer is something that blokes misbehave on, whereas wine is something that families sit and consume responsibly um and you know you, you would go to a food festival and see people getting absolutely written off on wine free wine samples and yet you couldn't get a beer um and so that, that's always been one of the challenges that we've had to face
0: yeah and look we've we've said it enough times but once again that's we're, we're the ones that can make the changes on that by um trying to be Leading lights and leading examples, setting an example of, of how and what beer is rather than us playing to our own stereotypes.
1: One of the, one of the things is that if, if you know if you want to make changes, then the people that can help you make changes are our good friends at Rawlings label stickers and packaging because they've just installed a new printer which can print short run on full colour cartons and coasters. So if you have any changes you want to make, like seasonal or special beers you need only a small number of cartons for, or you want to promote a special event, new beer or function on coasters, then give the guys at Rawlings a call. There's no plate setup charges, very small minimum order quantities or MOQs, and quick turnaround times. They can print on supplied cartons or they can supply the cartons for you. The coasters might be worth thinking about for promoting Gab's votes, which is a big topic at the moment, uh, as they can be printed on both sides and you could even work with some local businesses to advertise on the back to cover your costs. Your branding on one side and the local plumber or mechanic on the other side. Of course, all of the other products and services are still available. Labels shrink Sleeves, tap decals, blank cartons, trays, etc. Give Brad, Paul, and the team at Rowlings a call on 1300 852 235 and they'll be happy to help. And I do have to say that just before we went to record, Brad called to just to say, Oh, look, could you also slip into our message, Merry Christmas from everyone at Rowlings? So he, uh, he was actually, it was lovely, he was actually thinking of all of our listeners and all of their great clients. So there we go. So actually, a story from a guy called Professor Scott Galloway, who I've mentioned a couple of times. He was one of the people that talked about MPIC, um, and you know, has some interesting thoughts about that. But he posted an article called "Firewater" that I shared in the Radio Brews News Facebook group, password saison, um, that just sort of really looked at the way alcohol is being. Uh, Demonised, the, the changing attitudes to it, um, consumption is going down. But also, it was a really interesting take on the social traditions that are being lost because alcohol has been part of those. And it's something that I again, this is, you know, cognitive bias because it le- leapt out to me because it agrees with what I what, what I often think is that yes, we need to be more mindful about our drinking, but yeah, and and we haven't always approached alcohol well, but the reason that they are a very important part of our social activities and our social bonding rituals is because it does actually trigger, you know, trust and bonding within us when it's used in, in moderate amounts. And, that, that you know, that there is the risk that not having these things, um, you know, if if the anti-alcohol movement goes too far and funnily enough very soon after i I read that and having you know often said that there's not enough pro beer and drinking there was a very interesting um article in uh, a publication called euroactive again both are in the uh, radio brews news facebook group but it was the president and ceo of the world brewing alliance who i don't i don't know what they are But he talked about 90 years ago this week, the United States repealed prohibition, ending the 13-year failed experiment of banning wine, beer, and hard liquor. Despite this history, the temperance movement is alive and well. Driving prohibitionist policies, promoting the idea that all alcohol has the same negative impact on society and that there is no safe level of alcohol. Um, And there's some very good lines in there where he looks at... why do policies that nudge consumers towards local, lower alcohol products like beer result in better population level outcomes? He, he talked about places like Russia and other countries that had uh, you know, banned hard spirits and banned um, other things. Um, the answer comes from something called the substitution effect. While any alcohol can be abused, if a consumer substitutes their usual high alcohol drink with a low alcohol drink, they'll consume less alcohol in that drinking occasion. If that shift in choice happens at the population level through policy changes, we can see the harmful use of alcohol reduced thanks to the substitution effect. Um, but then there's also you know, beer. And you know, whilst we hate paying excise on beer, the way that excise is staged... That just in the course of the last 15 to 20 years, what is considered in Australia mid-strength, uh, full-strength beer has fallen from 4.9 to 5%, down to the low 4%, 4.2, 4.3%, um, and that can only be a good thing. Um, you know and and beer has this unique opportunity at a time when alcohol is being seen as being negative to be seen as a healthy beverage of moderation um, alcohol you know at any level does increase your risk um but risk is, a, is is risk you know isn't an absolute thing um you know it's it's a you know and how many of us know that if we don't eat bacon or if we don't look at our phone, the risk of having an accident um, reduces. And yet we still do these things. But, you know, if we can steer people towards better choices, then it can only be a good thing. And beer has an, a unique opportunity. So that was what I picked up in my reading. If you want to find out a little bit more and read both those articles, they are in the Radio Brews News Facebook group.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to, I haven't had a chance this week to, to check those out, but I'll definitely make sure I, I, I do. And yes. Beer is the, the drink of moderation. I know there are examples either way, but it does seem to have its sweet, sweet spot traditionally, sort of between four and 6% alcohol, which is very moderate uh, compared to, to um, everything else. And certainly there are social benefits and it's, it's something that has brought us together for 10,000 years or so of, of beer and wine, um, consumed in, in moderate ways, has led to some wonderful outcomes although consumed in non-moderate ways has led to some terrible tragedies for people as well. But we, we can step behind and show, as, as yourself and Sabrina have said, that we are the responsible beverage of alcoholic beverage of moderation.
1: Now, this is as low key as it is, our last episode of the year. Any thoughts on 2023? Any things that you think 2023 is going to be remembered for or, you know, you, you'll look back on fondly or otherwise? I don't think there's a lot
0: I'm going to mend profoundly from this year, mate. Um, this year started terribly for me, um, and uh, which had a major impact. Of course, on
1: well, ballistic uh, went it. into administration, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's something that's uh, affected me right through to this this moment. Um, that was a terrible start to the year. So I won't be um, uh, fond of that. I will be fond of the fact it was the year that I got back on, on the tools after a number of years in uh, roles more administrative in, in brewing, and I do love actually making beer, you know, I cannot express how much I love beer, how much I love making beer, how much I love the history of beer, and uh, being hands-on with it again is just so wonderful. I really, really am loving, um, loving, loving that side. Um, I, I think we'll remember the year as the start of some difficult times, um, and it's not going to end on um, you know the end of December this year. It's it's next it's just year. like the
1: COVID years when everyone was going, oh, "I can't wait for," as, as if it was suddenly going to be better. No, next, next
0: next year is going to be tough too. Let's face that. Let's be prepared for it. Um, let's not get too despondent about it. Let's put our heads down and work as to, to what we can do. Let's work to together, not against each other, in in supporting and, and, and doing that. There is an end. Um, things will get better, but it's not happening next month. It's not happening in January, that's for sure. Um, uh, uh, possibly I see um, mid-next year as being okay, uh, I see. Late next year is not being okay uh, again. I think. Um, Why is that? I think we'll have a little bit of a rebound in mid-year, but uh, I think it'll be a uh, a false false dawn. Is that a term? Um, a, a little bit of false hope of people uh, and the economy swinging because people. Think that they want it to swing, and like I'm just shooting shit here and saying this. Mm. You know, told. Oh, but but, but, we, but but we don't
1: know. Yeah, it,
0: it's, it's I. I think that we might see a little bit of um, consumer hope there then, but a little bit of reality sets in, as we always have in that September October each year, which never great um, months in the brewing or hospitality industry, because it's that period of year where people realise that Christmas is not far away, and I don't have the funds for it. Um, so I think we'll see maybe a little bit of fo- false hope there, uh, just as we saw with COVID where people were like, oh, that's come to the end, you know, and, and wanting to push, but then realising, no, we were still in it. Um, and so I could potentially see that 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 happening, but I, I think we're 18 months away really from um, things starting to to truly um, start to head to more positive times, but we never know. What's 23 going to be for 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 you, Matt?
1: Well, the, the administrations, I wasn't as impacted by them as you were, um, but it's certainly the, the the businesses that we've seen close or go into administration much more visibly than, than we have in the past. But I, I have a real fear that, you know, there, there are a lot of people, I get the feeling that there are a lot of businesses that are holding on, hoping for a great summer trade, um, because, you know, and we've said this on the podcast before, that after a couple of wet years um, that, you know, El Nino's due back, it's going to be hot, it's going to be dry, um, it's good beer drinking weather, um, we're long enough past COVID, hopefully the interest rates will slow down. There's all of these things that um, I'm hearing people say, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, um, but it's kind of like I'm just ho- I'm just holding on until we get to that stage, and you know, if it's not a great Christmas trade, and I'm not hearing a lot of stories about people saying how packed venues are at the moment, um, you know, hospitality sounds very hard, and if hospitality is hard, people who supply hospitality aren't going to be doing very well. Um, so, you know, I just am. Preparing myself for, you know, when credit card statements roll in in January, um, what that's going to mean for the hospitality sector and the, and the brewing sector. Um,
0: I, I think you're right, Matt, Matt. And look, um, we're still so very early into the summer season here at the moment. Uh, however, from what I can see and what I, I can observe, it's not great. When you compare it to um, twenty one, twenty two, uh, it's seeming about on a level with that, which was also a pretty shit um, Christmas summer. Uh, that was for different reasons, though. That was everything had really opened back up from COVID but everyone was too scared to go into the market. We're
1: starting to get hit by a COVID wave again. Like there's again, talking about illness. I think, uh, you know, Sabrina and I have both been down this week and I think if enough illness washes through, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot more people wearing masks again, you know, voluntarily. and that's a very visit that that has a very visible impact on people's mindsets um, when they see people wearing masks. So, you know, it, it, it's just going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see this. It's like I said, we're so early into it. It's not looking as um, bad as I thought it might mm. be. We are, have been helped by the fact that it's brutally hot. Uh, well, it is where where, 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 where we are. Um, brutally hot, but when you factor that in um, to it, the reality is it's not looking to be the saviour. And I never thought it really was going to be the saviour. And I do think that next year we are going to see more administrations. That is absolutely going to happen. More so than administrations, we're going to see some genuine closures um, or liquidations next year. Um, I, I just cannot see that not being the case. We're quite possibly... May see some that have gone into administration this year, uh, or, or in recent times, actually hit hit that point again and have to have to, to li- liquidate. Um, it's just a reality of the world of business, and we've coasted through for so long that it had to catch up with us, and it is difficult economic times. So um, that is going to happen, and that's not to be doom and gloom. That's just a reality.
1: It's kind of like. When people ask you your opinion and you tell them your opinion, you, know, you kind of go, well, I, I'm not, I, don't have a, I, I don't have a stake in things not going well, I don't have an interest, I don't want things to go well, but when you're asked, why put a happy, why put an unnecessarily positive spin on a very, very tough time? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I sort of think that we have to be realistic and pragmatic.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's not just happening to our industry at the, at the moment as well. It's no, just to 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 lots. The building industry is getting um, smashed really hard. Uh, now, I grew up in and around the building industry. Um, my my father was a plumber, and I became a plumber then. And I've seen the cycles in that happen over the uh, the last fifty years, and um, it, it happens a lot more regularly. I and mean, you know, we've had a bloody good run uh, in the. The 21 years now that I've been uh, uh, in the beer industry, um, the amount of closures up until recently that I can tell you about, I count on the fingers of one hand, um, or the ones I can remember anyway. But um, um, this is just a difficult time. It had to come to us. It, it is the way it is. Um, and we don't have to get too despondent about it. We just need to work our bums off to help our industry, to help, help each other help our own businesses. If your business is in difficulty, seek help for your business sooner mm. rather than later and seek help for yourself sooner yep. rather than later as well. Make sure you're looking after yourself because you're not going to be able to look after your business if you're um, not in the best state um, to to be doing that. And um, yeah, there is a difficult spiral that can happen in, in, in those times. But yeah, I I I, I, I don't think I'm Nostradamus and saying that there'll be more next to you.
1: Particularly at this time of year, when uh, you know there, there, there's a lot of emotions um, at, at Christmas time during the holiday periods, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, everyone, ho- hope, hope ev- despite you know some fairly pessimistic prognostications, uh, hopefully everyone is well and you have support uh, or you can find support because um, there are certainly people who will uh, always answer the phone for you.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, well, look, we've considering there's been no real news, we've done a good uh, good job. Um, we, we do have a speak pipe. Did you get a chance to listen to...?
0: I did. I did, yes.
1: Let's let our listeners listen to it.
2: G'day, team Bruise News. It's Steve Rockman down here in South Australia. Just wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, and also just wanted to say thanks as well to you guys and the extended Bruise News team. Um, it can't be easy both running a website and releasing a couple of podcasts each week. Uh, and it's to the benefit of our industry. It's uh, really important for us to know what's happening in brewing news and uh, any kind of industry issues. Um, and I've really enjoyed hearing you guys discuss those issues and having some strong and robust conversations about it. Um, so I really do appreciate it. I often listen in on a Friday during my cleaning shift here at the brewery. Um, so really do appreciate all the hard work that's gone into it. Um, it hasn't gone unnoticed. Um, Also probably just wanted to say to the brewing industry as a whole, I hope you have a very good Christmas break. You sell a lot of beer, but uh, also take that time to, you know, rest and relax and uh, look after one another, take some time off, spend it with family and friends, really recharge these batteries. Um, Hopefully your 2023 has been a good one. Uh, But if it hasn't, um, onwards and upwards to 2024. um, uh, So, yeah, hope everyone's Christmas break is great um also i'll put down the challenge hopefully someone else can find that speak pipe feature because i feel like i'm the only one that actually records anything here so uh hopefully you get a few speak pipes in the new year challenge set cheers guys
1: thank you to steve for being i think uh our only speak pipe uh, person, people don't like being heard. Again, we get a lot. I get a lot of messages each week, um, but it's always don't quote me on this or just saying things I know people don't want their names attributed to. But we do thank Steve uh, for uh, jumping in and certainly uh, you know um, joining his uh, well wishes for everybody in the industry. He's a real champion of the industry. So uh, thank you, Steve. Um, did you have any comments?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Steve. Steve's a, a legend. Um, I'd only met him through the show until uh, the Indies earlier this year, and it was just a good value in, in real life as he as he was to 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 work with on the on the show. And Steve did give me my best laugh of of the year during the show, which uh, Joe masterfully edited out. Uh, but maybe <laughs> I put that in as a blooper sometime. If you ever if you ever see me. Come up, or Steve, come up and ask ask us about that that incident. But thank thank you very much, Steve. and, and Matt. Uh, I'll just echo what Steve say. Thank you to to, to you and all the the Brews News team for actually coming through for us as an industry each week uh, and putting out all this news, not being uh, afraid to tackle things and say things just as they are, which is n- not fun for us as an industry and, you know, can hurt, but this is the reality of what we need. We need we need the news and uh, uh, the Bruce News uh, team is, is have done great in, in, in bringing that, bring that to us and putting together two podcasts each week, which um, doesn't just take Matt two hours each week of where he's actually talking, but it also takes the the pre-time in putting it together all the show notes that that he puts together uh for it all the time uh that he puts in in uh collating all the news and seeing what can go on out there so from from the industry i'll echo steve and say thank you very much team Bruce news
1: well mate thank thank you bill you're part of team Bruce news and you know you you do this you do this out of the goodness of your heart you make yourself
0: I, i just catch up thursday afternoon talk talk stuff with my mates
1: (laughs) <laughs> and that's what it is. And it had some really nice uh, feedback. Um, actually, thank you to all the people who shared their Spotify um, listeners. I don't actually listen to the podcast on Spotify, so I don't I don't have mine. But the number of people who listened a lot, um, you know, thank you very much for that. And, you know, that's very gratifying um, to, to see those because, you know, whilst it's very nice to hear Ian, you know, thank you say that. But, you know, it's it's the people who make the beer and it's the people who listen and uh you know at the moment ian and i are just having a chat to each other forgetting that there are people out there that listen so i, I describe it as like talking into a dark room you just don't know who's there listening and to hear that people have and people respond um you know is, is very much appreciated to have people like uh steve uh you know take the time to leave a, a speak pipe um, we, we thank you very much so um and somebody else we have to thank very much is uh Beer Fans, because Mailbag is brought to you by Beer Fans, and uh, Beer Fans creates new fans for your brand. Start selling outside of the same pool of consumers and increase the size of your pie. It's free to feature your beer and merch on the website, with Beer Fans being rewarded only once a new fan is secured for your brand. If you want to put your brand in front of more Beer Fans, reach out to the team via email at join at beerfans.shop or click the link in the show notes to start your seven minute onboarding process. Uh, and that's the link in the show notes. Yeah, so that's I think that's about it. Um, I I do also have to say, Ian, uh, it's not just uh, you and I and Sabrina and you know the, the various guests that we've had on. It's also our producer Joe, who we are finishing with this podcast because Jo is having a very well-earned break herself um, starting tomorrow. So this will be one of her last acts of service for the year. And we thank Jo for all of her great work um, and uh, some of the creative show titles and her just general patience with me. Um, So uh, thank you.
0: Her her editing, uh, I think I shouted out to her once uh, about it. So, you know, back when I was playing around with music and, and I was involved in radio, well, I'm quite familiar with um, audio editing. Had a great studio at home, so I know what it takes to do an edit. And some of the things that the Joe's edited out and made us sound so smooth and seamless is, is has been remarkable.
1: As seamless as a railing's ad, exactly. So, well, look to all of our listeners uh you know whether you listen for god how many hours uh some people listen for or whether you're just occasional listener to all of the breweries to all of the suppliers especially to our advertisers, and I really have to thank uh, Bintani, who are our episode sponsor this week, Uh, Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging, who are just stalwarts of the podcast, and also uh, regular listeners, Bluestone Yeast, who I know are Bluestone... Oh, we haven't done a brewery of the week, I just realised, as I said, uh, Bluestone Yeast. One of the things that I meant to come back to with uh, Good Beer Week is we're going to have Local Beer Day again. It's going to be a mainstay that's championed by... Uh, the ARBA's. So I'm going to give uh, the brewery of the week um, over to a big shout out to Local Beer Day, um, which is going to be celebrated uh, during Good Beer Week next year. Um, And, you know, we've had a year of celebrating our breweries of the week, thanks to Bluestone Yeast. And anyone that listens to this, whether you work for a big brewery, a small brewery, a supplier, You're a casual beer drinker. I know you've got a favourite brewery, but how about we all go out and find our Brewery of the Week um, over Christmas? You know, give them a Christmas present of buying something, give beer gifts, um, give, you know, beer merch, uh, those sorts of things uh, so you can send good beer um, from your brewery of the week uh, as, as a great Christmas present. Because not only are you supporting your local brewery, but you're also introducing your friends and family to a beer um, that they may not have tried and maybe, you know, creating a passion for beer that matches yours. So uh, how does that sound? Hopefully uh, Derek approves of that message. What do you think, Ian?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's something to... Wonderful to to, to to get in behind.
1: Yeah, so, and, uh, so that was brought to you by Bluestone Yeast, who can supply pitches of yeast from one litre to 100 litres, or greater than 2 billion, and that is triple-checked 2 billion cells per milliliter. Whether you are after a one-off pitch or you're looking for weekly, fortnightly, or monthly deliveries of yeast, Bluestone Yeast has you covered. Just give Derek a call on 038518 3172 or info at bluestoneyeast.com and talk all things yeast and he didn't call me just before we went on show but i'm sure he will get i'll get an email from him uh in the early evening tonight uh thanking me for wishing everyone a merry christmas on behalf of bluestone yeast as well um so yeah but no look back to what i was saying you know thank you to all of the businesses uh whether it's uh Cry Malt, Bintani, Railings Label Sticks and Packaging, Bluestone Yeast, Beer Fans, and everyone else that supports the podcast in any way. You know, it, it is a big thing to do twice a week, but we love it and uh, we, we love the feedback and we certainly love, you know, hearing the stories and getting to share those stories um, with you. So on that, thank you to Joe. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Sabrina. I hope you're getting better soon. And thank you all. I hope you all have a very, very Merry Christmas Uh, however you celebrate it. And we look forward to joining you again in the new year.
0: Yes, and uh, have a great new year. And remember 2024, it's the year of Saison.